0: This episode of Little Bit of Life is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. They were founded in 2014 by former U.S. Army Green Beret, Evan, and Black Rifle Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. Black Rifle stands for more than high-quality coffee. They are a veteran-founded business operated by principled men and women who honor those who protect, defend, and support our country. A large part of Black Rifle Company's success is due to the outstanding work ethic and discipline of their veteran employees. They are committed to hiring over 10,000 veterans to provide opportunities to the military community that helped build. As a veteran founded and operated company, Black Rifle Coffee also strives to help other service members successfully transition from the military into entrepreneurship. They provide assistance to veterans who seek to launch a business of their own and helping more companies like Black Rifle Coffee Company become a reality. Make sure to check them out at blackriflecoffee.com and place your orders today.
1: Welcome to Little Bit of Life Podcast with your host, Tabitha, better known as Little. A lot of you may know her from social media, but Little is shown off the apps dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats about what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join in along the way that have impacted her in a profound way. Very little is left off limits, so sit back,
0: enjoy, and here's your host. Welcome to Little Bit of Life. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little on social media. Today we talk with Justin Jordan, the Business Development Director of Warrior's Heart, United States Air Force veteran and author of And Then I Cried Stories of a Mortuary NCO. Justin served 20 years in the Air Force with a variety of different jobs from cook to combat readiness instructor and the most taxing when he was assigned as the non-commissioned officer in charge of mortuary affairs. He wrote his book hoping his story could help others struggling with PTSD. And he even went on to continue his advocacy and worked with the Air Force Wounded Warrior Program. Now he is the business director at Warriors Heart, the first and only private accredited program in the United States exclusively for our warriors. Active duty, military, veterans, first responders, and EMT and paramedics that may be facing struggles of alcohol addiction, prescription and drug addictions, PTSD, and much more. They are located in Bandera, Texas, near San Antonio, on 543 acres, and an amazing, beautiful, incredible ranch. They have been featured on The Today Show, CBS, Fox 11, Los Angeles News, Time, and Forbes. And their current documentary featured on Amazon Prime called Warrior's Heart. Everybody, please enjoy my episode with Justin Jordan and Warrior's Heart.
1: What we want our warriors to take away from this process is to come home really, just to connect back to who they are, a true warrior, and to remember that and to honor that. And for when they go home and they look their family in the eye again, the family sees them for
0: who they are. It's like, they're back. On September 11th, 2001, the deadliest terrorist attack in world history was committed on our soil against our people, taking the lives of 2000 977 innocent Americans. In response our elected officials Republican and Democrat fulfilled the will of the American people by sending our military to seek a reckoning in the global war on terror. All the while our first responders and law enforcement continued to protect us at home. Two decades and three presidents later The war continues. For many, they gave their lives to protect the American people. For others, there was another price for that reckoning. I want to welcome in Justin. How are you doing today? I'm so happy to have you on the Little Bit of Life podcast. How are you?
1: I'm well, thank you for asking. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I am so honored to have you on. For those that are listening, um, he is joining us from an amazing and incredible facility that's located in Texas, and they are called Warrior's Heart. Can you give us a little bit of background about maybe your military background and also you are an author? So can you tell us a little bit about your book as well?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, well, thank you for asking. Um, First of all, I'd like to talk a little bit about Warrior's Heart and who they are and who we are at. Uh, so it's the country's only treatment center that's specifically dedicated to our nation's heroes that's military law enforcement and first responders Uh, those men and women that are struggling with um, co-occurring psychological disorders as well as substance use disorder uh, we needed a place for them to come that's for them so we created warrior's heart on a 543 acre ranch in bandera texas and to date, we've serviced almost 2,500 warriors uh, in about six years. Uh, so that's warrior's heart, and um, I'm just—I love this mission. Uh, I think God put me here, and uh, I live seven miles from this place. So when it opened, it was like, "Wow, this is what I'm supposed to do." Uh, mm-hmm. To answer your question about uh, me, uh, I spent 20 years in the Air Force. Uh, while I was in, I did a bunch of different jobs, and everything from cook to combat readiness instructor. But along the way, I did mortuary affairs for a good portion of my career. And it had a pretty profound effect on my mental well-being. So I know firsthand what it's like to struggle. I know firsthand what it's like to feel like, you know, you don't have a voice and your purpose is over when the service is over. And that despair and crawling into a bottle and everything that comes with the epidemic that we face as a country of our our, our heroes killing themselves. I, I know that feeling. Um, so I decided to write a book about my story when I got out of the service to tell my story because I wasn't going to let it beat me. Mm-hmm. One thing about the warfighter, uh, in specific that I that I get to walk alongside of every day, the these men and women are not quitters. Uh, they uh, they they want desperately uh, to to belong to something, to have a purpose, that's what we did in the service. So I wanted to tell my story as far as, because it was a unique one, you know, uh, about, and if, you know, if I could see what I've seen, then hopefully maybe somebody would say, uh, you know, I can do it too, me too, and I can help uh, others. So that's that's the journey that started. It kind of led me here, I um, uh, met the founders. Uh, uh, they shared their mission, you know, Tom, Lisa, and Josh, uh, Tom, you know, Tom Spooner was a Delta Force operator, Lisa Lannon and Josh Lennon. Uh, Lisa was a police officer in the Las Vegas PD. E. Josh was in recovery himself. And they combined together to create Warrior's Heart. And I just I, that, that mission resonated with me to my core, to my soul. So I went on their website, uh, which is, you know, selfish plug here, www.warriorsheart.com. And I checked them out. Man, I just I, I was like, this is where I need to be to better service uh, the men and women that have served their country, and that was almost five years ago. Wow, and, uh, so that's a little bit about me and my story, uh, but man, this place is, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it. It's amazing.
0: When I first saw, and for those listeners that may be wondering, especially with my social media connection and the community that I have. We support veterans, but I also am a huge supporter of law enforcement and those that are first responders. I love that Warrior's Heart not only just focuses on the military community, but also the first responders, the law enforcement, because this is something that is crucial, especially in the community. These are men and women also that have any issues that range from PTSD to trauma and not understanding that they also have a place that they're not only welcome to go, but they feel that they fit in with others. Um, I come from a law enforcement family myself and also a military family. And there always seems to be such a divide from the civilian world of there's such a difference, but they all, they automatically, they go through the same struggles and very similar in their, you know, their trauma experiences, their PTSD. So I love that Warrior's Heart encompasses all of military and veterans and first responders to feel that they're not alone in what they have suffered and what they're still continuing to go through.
1: Absolutely. It's um you know, it's a, it's a brother, it's a sisterhood. It's, you know, if you've serviced your your country or your community, then we service you at Warrior's Heart when you're struggling. And it's hard to ask for help. And sometimes even harder to ask for help on that first responder side. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, especially when you talk about recovery programs, right? I mean, we've all heard of AA and, and, and different things. We've created a a brand called WA, it's Warriors Anonymous, and it's specifically to speak to that population of warrior. because if you can imagine a police officer trying to go to an AA meeting and he, walk, he or she walks in and they've arrested everyone in the room, mm-hmm. that's not a place of healing for them. It may be for a different part of the population. We're not for them. So we created an online version at our website uh, that you can go to, and we've had police officers show up in uniform. Uh, in their patrol cars because they needed to get into a meeting, or they can create their own. So we have a, a pretty heavy web presence, and we're starting to get more and more WA meetings out there in person uh, to, to to you know meet that need of the warfighter, of the you know the first responder. And you find that in the treatment setting, they really bond well together uh, because of those shared experiences. Uh, like you said when we started, there's nothing off limits. Here at Warrior's Heart, there have been stories that I've heard from warfighters that, and, and first responders that have gone to a treatment center, and they're like, "Hey, you're not allowed to talk about that kind of trauma. It's a little bit much. You're scaring our other clients." Well, that doesn't happen here. Uh, we, we, you know, there's some heavy stuff. We do some hard work here, but we're a training program. We're, we're, you know, we're training sober, confident warriors here at Warrior's Heart,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's uh, how we like to do it to make it, make a difference.
0: We have you on today representing Warrior's Heart because for listeners, September is known as the National Recovery Month. So this is ultimately to help raise awareness of how to get help. So if there's any listeners that might be veterans or first responders or military members that are struggling possibly right now with addiction or PTSD or any form of trauma, what would your advice be for reaching out for help and what are the what are the benefits of them coming to Warrior's Heart?
1: Well, first thing is picking up that thousand-pound phone. You know, at our website that I mentioned before, there's a there's an eight hundred number that's manned twenty four hours a day, and uh, our advocates are standing by. These are we are warriors healing warriors. It's part of what we do here. So, uh, a large share of our staff has some understanding or have some cultural confidence. Have been there um, a lot of the times. Uh, men and women in the warrior class were like, well, they don't get me. Well, Our staff does. Uh, our, our admissions director who leads that team is a Marine who also struggled with addiction and spent a couple of years in, um, you know, federal penitentiary for that. So he's been there. He knows that he understands, but he's a, he's a beacon of light for these men and women. that are asking for help because now he's, you know, four or five years removed from that. And he hasn't bought a home. He has full custody mm-hmm. of his children and he is killing. He is an, a healthcare executive. So we owe it to those, uh, that, you know, come through our program to, to set that good example that, hey, you can be successful. And that's what we want to show our warriors.
0: I think there's almost a, there's almost this feeling, especially with facilities and the word rehab of, I've never been through something like this. Who else is going to understand what I'm going through? Um, and I think it's, it's very important, not only with your website, but what you've mentioned is that the people that not only are working there and working you through the trauma, they've been through the same or similar situations. So if there's somebody that's listening right now, and I have a huge following on social media within the veteran community, and always the feedback is, well, no one's going to fully understand what I've been through, what I've seen, or what I'm feeling. And I think that might be one of the restrictions that causes people to not feel comfortable to reach out. So with your training program, um, and your recovery program, what does that look like?
1: So, well, well, thank you for that question. So our, our, our residential treatment program is 42, minimum of 42 days in it. Uh, so you would come in, you would first of all make that call, we would make sure that you, uh, you know, get with our advocates, discuss our, our programming, you know, um, and if it's right for you, then you would come to treatment, um, when you when you arrive, you're going to go through a an intake process, which is very short. We, we say welcome home. We want you uh, to feel like this is not a we're not taking your shoestrings. We're not taking your belts. Uh, it's a 600 acre ranch in Texas and you're around like minded individuals. So it, initially it's not a hospital rehab setting. Uh, it feels like mm-hmm. a resort style setting. Uh, but it's full of just a nation's heroes. So then you're going to go through um, your assessment programs with our nursing, and they'll determine whether you need a level of detox or if you go straight into residential treatment programming. Uh, your day starts at 0700. You get up with a morning meeting. You'll get your schedules, and then we have movement. Uh, we eat, and we have three chef-prepared meals a day for our clients. Uh, and then you'll uh, move into a movement-based therapy, Could be yoga, mindfulness, could be nature walk, things like that. Get the body moving, kind of mimicking that, um, you know, PT, right? Uh, But, you know, to your pace. Mm -hmm. So those of those that have restrictions or something, you know, our medical team's not going to let you do anything that you can't do or don't feel comfortable doing. Uh, On the other hand, we also want you to participate, right? Because that's the key to being successful in our program and our training program. And then after that, you've been nourished and you've moved. We're going to do some group therapies in the morning, typically. Some of those harder things, some of those grief and loss cycles. Uh, You are assigned two clinicians when you're here. So you'll have a licensed chemical dependency counselor and a licensed professional counselor. And you're assigned to a team, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie. So that that group will go through with those two team leaders as the clinicians. So... um, in the afternoons, you get say-so in your day. So after lunch, you get to go into an, uh, an elective program, which is wood shop, metal shop, cooking with chef. We have a canine academy. Uh, we have fishing. Um, uh, on our level two program, we have equine. So just a, a number of different things that are, you know, non-traditional, but it's still uh, elective programming. So you have some say-so. You know, we have our pool. We have gym. Fitness is big with us. Um, so in the evening times after dinner, you'll be able to go into your, uh, your more social groups like your Warriors Anonymous groups or your AA groups or things like that that focus around recovery. And then in the evenings after a three-day initial blackout, you'll get communications back with your family. You'll have your phones from 6 to 6.45 in our first-tier programming. Uh, so you can stay connected um, with your family. That's important. That's a basic typical day at Warriors Heart in Level 1 we also have a level two program which is uh, more of a graduated program it's still residential treatment you stay with us but this programming is after the 42 days up to 90 if you'd like and you can stay there and work on um you know some of the things that happen after treatment you know like uh, when you go home and uh and you find that liquor cabinet full of liquor. how do you handle that that's when relapse a lot of times happens so they're going to have their phones back for 100% of the times in our level two programming. They're going to have their family visitations. We're going to start venturing outside the wire, so to speak, you know, to go to, uh, to different stores with our clinicians because those can be triggering, right? Because alcohol is so available in our community. How do we see that if, if it's something especially new to, new to sobriety? Man, that's a tough one. And then stack on like that, maybe having a, a trauma trigger out in public or anything, how do we manage right so that gives us a great opportunity to work through those um, those issues and then if you so choose you can go to our intensive outpatient programming in our sober living home which is right down the road from warriors hearts the 52-bed hotel and uh, so those three together we find is the uh, just an amazing program to be able to train sober confident warriors
0: With Warrior's Heart being open now about six years, what trends have you seen um, within being part of this community?
1: Well, I mean, that's hard to say, but it's, I mean, there's, we, you know, we all talked about the why, why, why did we even start this, right? Why did we start this? At the time there was 22 Warriors a day that were killing themselves. And that, that should be on the headline of every, every news. We've seen that trending down slightly and then back up a little bit as far as what data we can get. But it's still hard data to get. Uh, but I can tell you that what I see um, is I see that uh, more warriors are, are, are clamoring to find purposeful living. And that's, the, in my opinion, Justin's opinion, mm-hmm. the key. That is the key. Uh, and I say this often, that, you know, men and women that have a purpose driven life that have gainful employment or whatever they're doing. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't see them trying you know, having these struggles as much because they have a purpose. When we leave service, it's just over. It's so anticlimactic. And then what's next standing in line at the VA, here's your bag of pills. Nothing against the VA. I love, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a veteran myself, but it's an overwhelming system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's up to us in the private sector to kind of pull up that slack. So the, the trends I see is, is you know, on the positive side that the men and women that are really doing well after recovery, after service or, or whatever, are, are positive role models for those coming behind. I think we, we we need to do a better job of that and really strive for that. Um, but, you know, alcohol is a big problem. That's a more of a negative term. It's a big problem in our community. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's, it's just so socially, but I see more people just torn apart by it. And I never knew that until I got into this, you know, into this healthcare facility until I started working in the industry, how damaging it really is.
0: With the veteran community, like you said, we see more of alcohol um, that is becoming not only so incredibly available, but it's also something that you touched on, which we've talked about in season one with episodes with veterans. It's the supply and the demand of waiting in line, receiving your prescription pills, and almost becoming addicted to that feeling of just numbing yourself, of numbing the trauma, numbing the pain. And I love Warrior's Heart because like I said, you don't just encompass just the military community, but you encompass all. And it's not just PTSD, but it can be alcoholism, drug addiction, trauma. So you encompass everything. And I love that it's not just this generic checklist of, well, these are the things that, you know, we feel we can help you with, you, you automatically see the individual for who they are and want them to find what their new normal is outside of the lifestyle that they were used to, whether they were first responders, law enforcement, military. Like you said, they're not just a number and they're learning who they are again and being reborn, not just through their trauma, but through the facility.
1: And, you know, one thing that we want to show them is that you can become come. You know, we have very, like I said, it's just so, when it's over, it's over, right? And then what's next? You, you're relatively young, 20, 30, 40, 40 years old as average retiree after 20 years. What do you do now? You can lead a very uh, successful life after the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's one thing that we want to really highlight, because I think that's the best way to, to change. One thing I did want to mention, too, so we treat... Substance use disorder or or abuse and co-occurring psychological disorders. You do have to have a substance use disorder to qualify for our program because that's how we're licensed. That is sometimes I wanted to make sure that we're very clear on that. Um, We, if if it is psychological only, then we would, you know, there are several programs that we would refer to, Mm -hmm. but we'll never just say sorry, we can't help
0: with facilities and assisting and asking for help, like you said, it's picking up the phone. That is going to be the very first step, which is probably the hardest part for these men and women to do. But always comes the fear, especially now with the economy and the life that we're living in is the cost. So what type of insurances do you guys accept, not accept? And I know they're available on your website as well. But if we have a listener right now that may be having that fear of I need this help, but I just don't know how financially I'm going to be able to afford that.
1: So traditionally, you know, treatment's an expensive. No matter who does it, you know, it's an expensive venture. And then to provide it to uh, at the level that we do, we've had to, you know, take a unique look at it. Accept insurances that most won't. So we do. We accept those tri cares. We're in network with them. Uh, we accept VA. Um, depends on on your VA, but you know, we do get many VA clients that come through here through the community care program. Uh, Uh, what used to be known as VA Choice, now the Mission Act. So we accept those referrals. We accept Blue Cross Blue Shield, just about any insurance you can think of. And if if we don't know, we'll run it through our verification service and see what your costs are. Now, if we still come to a point where it's like, hey, I just can't afford this, our advocates will work with you to help you try to find funding, whether it be through a nonprofit, through family partners, church. That's their job is to help you find that. Uh, and then help to facilitate those meetings because we have relationships with all of these different nonprofits. So we can say, hey, you know, our advocates to say, hey, you know what? I've worked with this nonprofit in the past, and I think that they may really be able to help you. And then we are able to facilitate a meeting with that nonprofit to be able to help them. Uh, And, you know, we have a really good success rate of getting that. We don't want funding to be a barrier to treatment. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've been through this, time and time again uh, in different healthcare settings. You know, we had to become private because we want to, you know, get those things out of the way. And one of the things that really just touches my heart about Warriors, I mean, it's just, I, I, I go about it. We're going to get the financials done before you get here. Because when we get here, it's two days of, of training. Mm-hmm. But once you focus on that, there's not going to be a call to the business office and say, hey, guess what, your insurance term, we need you to figure it out. No. Once you're here, we're gonna your your promise is 42 days at a minimum, and then we're gonna work with you on on anything. But you're not, and even if it turns and we can't figure it out, you're not gonna know, and we're gonna end up finding a way. But it's not gonna be on you, and you won't get back billed either. You're not gonna get a bill in the mail after treatment saying, "Hey, this wasn't paid for by your insurance or this, that, and the other." Uh, we pride ourselves on that to get it done up front
0: with warrior's heart and for those that are listening i highly highly suggest that you go just take a look at their website Um, you're not going to be hunted down or searched for if you're looking and doing the research on your own And you have amazing content on there, but also more about the facility. Um, Like you said, it's not a hospital setting. It's not a rehab setting. And looking at the photos, it looks like a home. It looks like a place where not only are, like you said, I love the word training. You're there to train yourself and how to become a better person, but you feel at home. So tell us a little bit about the facility. I know you guys are located in Texas. You're on mass amounts of acres, and it's absolutely gorgeous. (laughs)
1: yeah so the, the the warriors heart ranch it used to be owned by conical phillips it was created by them as you know an executive guest retreat so everything's five stars here um you know we acquired a property in 2015 i believe and then uh, started accepting in in 16. it's it's just an amazing you feel it it's one of those places you go and you automatically feel it in your bones like this place is special it has its own spirit it's hard to explain. But one thing we didn't want to do is because the environment will a lot of times be one of the reasons people want to leave treatment. You know? And we're not so we're not part of a bigger healthcare track. So lawyer's hardest, you know, so many programs have veterans programs and those are great. Or they have first responders and professionals program, but they're part of a bigger healthcare conglomerate and you in an institution but it has a ward for that and then what happens in those typically in those programs is when you're understaffed or anything like that you'll get transferred into uh, a ward with a combined population that works for some we don't like that we want it to so we're all warriors. this is 543 acres uh, so you'll never have that issue here that we're going to transfer. we warrior's heart is the program there's not a bigger healthcare conglomerate that we are part of um, so we have two fishing lakes here we have like i said two uh, pastures both over 200 acres uh that you can do nature walks on with our you know of course staff guided uh, we have exotic animals here like i said the kennels uh are, one of the things that's the coolest for me is a metal and a wood shop we I mean, you can learn to weld we've had clients leave here and go compete on forest and fire how cool is that right that's so
0: amazing <laughs> yeah.
1: and it's just you know we have great partnerships with like Black Rifle Coffee Company and different things like that. You know, Matt Nevin are great supporters of our program. They won't beat their chest about it. But they just they, they support us. And they're on our board of advisors and just we do cool stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's awesome to be able to treat America's heroes that you know and and, and get them back to the men and women uh, that we know they can be. So. Uh, and it's just an amazing property. It's hard to explain without it. I would encourage you to go to our documentary on uh, on Amazon. And that is, it's, it's it's named Warrior's Heart. And it gives you a very detailed look, a behind-the-scenes look at our property. Uh, you know, Tom's on there. Mike Odell, the one I was telling you about, our admissions director. So many, our, our staff. And, you know, just you can really get a look at the property and, and what it's all about.
0: You use the term when you were discussing, as soon as they come to your facility, as soon as they come to the ranch, they are family. And just that verbiage there for listeners, when you go to a facility, when you are away from your home and the comforts of what you think are working possibly for your healing process, when you arrive to Warrior's Heart, you are family. And hearing that, especially in the documentary, I watched it over and over and over. You get this family feeling, you get a compassionate feeling, and you almost get this overall, just amazing, heartfelt feeling from the company itself that not only do they want you to be better, but they know you can be better. And I think with a lot of rehab and a lot of facilities and the hospital setting, and just medically, it's we have you here because we feel that you want to be here. If it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I love that Warrior's Heart encompasses that family feel of you can get better. And we're walking beside you to make sure that that happens, that you're never alone. You're never questioning whether you're in the right place or you know how long it will take. It's very natural with the way that you guys assist the Warriors all the way through the process.
1: You know, and, and, and one of the things we learn in the military is, um, we're all a product of, of, of our leadership. Mm-hmm. We have amazing leadership here at Warrior's Heart. I have grown more post-traumatic growth in my life in the five years I've worked at Warrior's Heart than in any of the treatments I've ever done. It's because our, our founders value their staff like family. So therefore, then we treat our clients like family. Mm-hmm. They do, we're a professional development company. They took 17 of us to Africa and climbed Kilimanjaro last year. Wow. We didn't have to pay a dime. It was a leadership program, right? How amazing is that, right? Our, our founders do not take a check; they are essentially volunteers. Mm-hmm. They are amazing people. I couldn't be prouder to call them uh, not only, you know, my leaders but friends, and and, and really value uh, spending time with. So then that trickles down to our staff. And they see that. And then when you go around here, people are like, Man, this is I love it. I love the mission. This is a lifestyle. This is not a job. I tell people all the time, they make fun of me. This is a get to job. This isn't a this isn't a have to. I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work, right? I get a little bit over. They're like, Oh yeah, right. I get to. <laughs> so but it's true. I get up in the morning and my feet hit the floor and it's let's go. Let's go save some lives today. It's that impactful.
0: Mm-hmm. I always put every guest that I have, as I call it, on the spot. Um, So the big question for you is, what does the word warrior mean to you?
1: Well, a warrior is anyone that serves their community and country, that is part of something that's bigger than themselves. Uh, For me, uh, it was my aunt who really kind of, you know, God rest her soul, who kind of instilled that warrior ethos in me, never leave a brother behind. Never leave a teammate. Um, she was a nurse uh, in Atlanta and uh, helped save one of the presidents, I think it was Jimmy Carter's mother. And I got to, as a second grader, I got to watch her on national TV get invited to the White House. And uh, and I just, my mom, my mother and father were both teachers, and I saw that service to others was a big part of my background. So you know that kind of drove me to the military. And then I met. You know, thousands and thousands of people, like-minded people that do jobs for not a lot of a pay, but for the the benefit they got from the feeling of helping others and being in service to others. Uh, That would be a warrior, someone that's uh, putting others above themselves in support of their community or country.
0: Well, I want to thank you for your service to our country. I also want to thank you for your contribution every single day to making others feel that they're not alone, that their life matters, and that they have a passion within them that can help so many other people if they just take that very first step. So Thank you so much for coming on today's episode and being a guest. And I am so excited for listeners in the community to not only hear about your facility, because unless you're kind of researching, you guys remain pretty quiet, which I actually have a lot of respect for in the community. It's very private. It's very simple, very unique. But I'm very excited for this episode to reach listeners that may feel, you know what, now's the time. Now I'm ready. And now I know exactly where I'm supposed to be because I'm supposed to go somewhere where I feel like family and I can actually go home.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And I just want to say one last time, if you're out there and you're hearing this and it's time to get help, give us a call. It's 844-448-2567. Our advocates are here 24 hours a day, pretty much. If you need the help and you know it's time, stop kidding yourself. Call us.
0: This is Little signing off. Thank you for listening. I'll see you for the next episode. And thank you so much to all of our sponsors. Thanks for
1: listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on your favorite platform. And interact with the podcast Facebook as well as on Instagram at LittleCute1AZ.
0: We'll see you next time.